I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 322. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. We sing this week's song, Sea of Victory, by Elevation Worship at my church. I don't get very far into the lyrics before I'm inspired to dive into scripture. Now remember, this podcast isn't a commentary on the music as much as it gets inspiration from the music we sing, either on the radio or in our churches, to send us to scripture to learn and grow. So before we head over to the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, let's listen. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never very first phrase in the lyrics, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. That's the phrase that sent me to Isaiah 54, where we read in verse 17, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And it's that easy. Get inspired, then go to a section of scripture and really spend some time interacting with it. Now, I give you Bible interaction tool exercises on the podcast. I call them bites to guide your personal study. And hopefully they will give you some new habits and practices that keep you inspired to keep digging into God's Word. And honestly, I just share what I do in my own study and preparation time for the podcast. I figure if it keeps me excited and growing, why not pass it along? So what is my first step now that I know I want to study in Isaiah 54? Well, I use my favorite bite of all time, read in context. Now, if you don't incorporate any other bite into your study time than this, I encourage you to always, always, always read in context. This will get you into larger chunks of scripture and it will broaden your scope of understanding. Now, I define reading in context as at least the chapter before, the chapter you want to study, and the chapter after. In this case, as I read chapter uh, 53, I realized that the section really started in chapter 52, so I actually started there and read all the way through chapter 55. So here's the thing about Isaiah, though. It's sometimes hard to read and understand. And the reason that you really need to follow the bite of exploring the historical context um, is this. One of my reference books puts it this way. They said many of the allusions, references, and warnings can be misunderstood unless the political developments in Judah as related to the surrounding nations are carefully considered. 
Oh, so that seems a little scary to me as I read that. And sometimes as I read Isaiah, I've I've looked over to my husband and said, this is why people give up reading. Um, In fact, I'm in Isaiah right now in kind of like my daily reading. And some of it's very confusing because I don't understand the political developments in Judah as related to the surrounding nations. Um, and so all of those references and warnings and all of that can be it can be a little confusing. So if you are so inclined, you can track down some Bible reference books to help you in this endeavor. And while this sounds super exciting to some of you, like it does to me, I love that I had a couple resources on hand. Others are feeling like giving up at this point, and I totally get it. So let me point you to some wonderful resources that are easy to absorb to help you to get started. And if you're itching to dig in with more complicated sources, then by all means, do that. Ask your pastor. Find a seminary friend you trust. Track down some more academic resources to continue that journey. Uh, Because if you can learn more about the illusions, references, and warnings, uh, then then they won't be as misunderstood as you read and um, digest Isaiah. But Consulting an outside resource is a bite, by the way, and normally I want you to take that bite after you've read the scripture. And to be honest, that's exactly what I did this week. Here's my pattern for this week as I've tried to absorb and interact with Isaiah 54. I use the bite of reading in context. Um, I use the bite of repetition because I read Isaiah 52 to 55 daily until I had a larger chunk of, t- chunk of time to actually consult those outside resources. So the repetition leading up to it was really, really helpful. I also used the bite of reading in different translations. So if I'm going to read the same text, Isaiah 52 to 55 every day, then one day I might read it in the New Living Translation. One day I might read it in the ESV. Another day I might read it in the NIV. And so that bite of repetition paired with reading in multiple translations is really effective as well. And then I use the bite of asking questions of the text. And I'm going to share those as we go along. But if you don't understand, like write it down. I don't get this. What are they talking about here? Does this apply to me? These are questions that I asked as I read the text as well. And then I use the bite of consulting outside resources. And so before you like jump into your study Bible and try to figure out what they to help get them to help you understand this section, which is exactly what I did, it's it's fine to do that. But you need to start with the text itself first and really wrestle with it. By the time I consulted these resources, I already had a good idea of what the text said, which parts I didn't really understand. And I just want to encourage you to live in the tension of not really understanding. Go ahead and get in the habit of filing away the parts that you do understand before seeking out what other people think about the text and the sections that you don't understand. And by all means, don't give up. We learn some pretty fantastic things about God in this section of scripture. And if that low-hanging fruit is all we got, it would totally be worth it. So don't give up and, and go ahead and take the challenge of wrestling through some of these more complicated sections of scripture. Now, my favorite outside resource when it comes to giving an overview of various books of the Bible is the Bible Project. They have free videos on their website, or you can search for them on YouTube. If you've never watched them, this is your week. Isaiah is actually broken into two videos because A, it's a really long book and B, it's a little bit complicated. But both of those overview videos are only eight minutes. So in less than 17 minutes, you can get a walkthrough because they're eight plus. I know eight plus eight is 16. But in less than 17 minutes, you can get a walkthrough of the overview of Isaiah. And I think it will really help you as long as you then use the bite of repetition and read the text again. So really get into the text, kind of 
figure out where you are, what you understand, what you don't understand. Go watch the overview and then go back and read the text again. That'll help a lot. Now, another resource is a book that I purchased that I go back to time and time again. It's called How to Read the Bible Book by Book by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. There is an overview for every book of the Bible with advice on how to read those books and then a walkthrough of major sections highlighting themes, generally a summary statement of how the book fits into the big story of scripture and all that. The book itself is about 20 bucks. I've seen it on on Amazon for about 15. It is a reference book that you will use time and time again. So if that is something that you want to add to yourself, I highly recommend it. I'm actually going to go ahead and link to both the videos and this book in the show notes. So if you go to michellenizat.com forward slash 322, um, you'll see all of those links, all of those show notes. Better yet, when you go to michellenizat.com, go ahead and subscribe while you're there. And those show notes will be delivered to your inbox every Monday morning. All the scripture references, all the episode notes, all the links, all of that. Okay. Now, one more resource we're going to be using... Um, uh, one, one more resource I want to offer as before we dive into Isaiah 54, I actually uh, dove into Isaiah 55 in episode 124 of the podcast. So if you want to check that podcast episode out as a partner episode or as like the next uh section, then you can do that as well. So now that you've watched the videos and or read an overview in a book like How to Read the Bible book by book, or if you have a study Bible, the introduction to the book, that's where you're going to find out some really great things and, and see, um, get grounded in the overview of the of the book. So now you can see if you do that, then you will be, it will be revealed to you either in, in one of those resources that the section of Isaiah that we're in actually starts in chapter 40 and ends in chapter 56. And the theme of that larger section of Isaiah is the promise of deliverance. An even narrower theme that we see in chapters 49 through 55 is the theme of Yahweh's coming servant, who will bring salvation. And we see Yahweh's servant Israel being narrowed down in the text to one servant who will stand in for Israel and redeem both Israel and the nations. Does this sound like someone we know? (laughs) I love how the Jesus Storybook Bible puts it. Every story whispers his name because Jesus is the suffering servant of Isaiah. So in the context of chapters I focused in on in chapters 52 and 53, we actually see the suffering servant. We see the servant atoning for Israel's sin. And in chapter 55, we um, see the glorious future of Zion and, and 54 is tucked in there as well. So let's finally read a little bit together. Did you ever think we were going to get to Isaiah 54? Let's start in verse one. Seeing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities." Now, this is where I ask my first question, who is the barren woman? You see, this matters not only for understanding the text itself, but to eventually move to interpretation and application. If we don't understand what it says and who it's referencing, then how will we ever understand what it means, much less what it means to us? So my study Bible actually says that the old covenant people of God who failed to bless the world were like a barren woman. And under the new covenant, God's people become the mother of a growing family. And then it gives a cross reference. 
So I took the bait. I used the bite of following the cross-reference to Galatians chapter 4, verses 25 through 28. That's where the reference said. And I actually bopped up a few verses to 21. So let me start there. Galatians 4, 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she's in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother for it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. So here we see, you know, this section right here in Galatians is quoting this section from Isaiah that we're studying. Okay, so what do we learn? A whole lot, actually. If you don't know the story of Abraham and Hagar and Abraham and Sarah, then you probably need to follow the bite of just following the cross-reference and and reading Genesis 16 all the way through Genesis 21. But let me recap here. Abraham had two sons, one by Hagar, a slave woman, and one by Sarah, his wife. The son, Isaac, born to Sarah, was a promised son by God. Isaac and Sarah, I mean, Abraham and Sarah didn't believe it would happen. So they actually took matters into their own hands. And therefore, Ishmael, the son of Hagar, is defined here as the son born according to the flesh, while Isaac is defined here in Galatians as the son born according to the spirit. So this is these are those big stories. And it's here we see that seemingly disconnected ancient stories are coming to life and somehow applying to us. Now, because the text in Galatians basically says it doesn't matter that you're not born Jewish. If you are followers of Christ, you are children of the spirit and like Isaac are children of promise. Now, that is super good news just in and of itself. If we stopped there, that would be enough. But now when I read in my study Bible about the old covenant people of God, a Hebrew people of the physical lineage of Abraham, okay, I can see myself in the text of being part of the tent that's being enlarged. Because if you are a follower of Christ, you are a part of this promise too, and now can place yourself in this story. So, Again, we are uh, the the Jerusalem that uh, is above is free and she is our mother. So this Jerusalem that is above is what is being described here in Isaiah 54. She is our mother. The text goes on to say that we are children of the spirit and therefore the children of promise. And so, again, as we read this, um, this story about the Jerusalem above that's free as our mother it's our mother, not just somebody else's mother. Okay, let's keep reading. In verse four, do not, the, back to Isaiah 54, four. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. 
Now, I'm going to stop there because if you're ever reading a section of scripture that you want to give up on, be sure to ask this bite or take this bite first. Ask the question, what can I learn about God in this text? So I always find that when I reorient myself to making understanding God the main thing, rather than seeing myself in the text the main thing. If I focus on the Lord first, I never come up empty. And I love what my ESV study Bible says about verse five. The last verse I just read, the maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. It says the certainty of the promise in verse four rests in the person of God. So when it says, do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. When it says that, the certainty of this promise, of that promise rests in the person of God. And who is he? I just said it again. He's our maker. He's our husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is our redeemer. He is the God of the whole earth. So my study Bible puts it this way. It says, Isaiah heaps words upon words to convey, convey the all-sufficiency of God for his weak people. In fact, as you keep reading, you will hear echoes of not only the Abrahamic covenant that we've already highlighted, but the covenant that God gave to Noah as well. Verse 6 says, the Lord will call you back. As if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. You might be feeling a little sorry for this abandoned people at this point. (laughs) He says for a brief moment, God hid his face from them. I mean, how can a compassionate, loving God do that? I just want to highlight it's because it was all part of a promise made by God on the border of the promised land. If you stay faithful to me, I will bless you. If you don't, there will be consequences. And of course, they didn't. And there were. So the remaining verses of Isaiah 54 are detailing the future glory with a lavish imagery. It is in this section of a detailed description of the new Jerusalem. We see the promise that we sing about in our song this week. Verse 11 says, afflicted city. Okay, remember this new Jerusalem is our mother, right? This new Jerusalem is described also in Revelation um, here and other places. Afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise and your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. Who are the children of this city? Don't forget, that's us. We are the children. She is our mother. Remember, we we established that in Galatians. We're the New Testament people of God. And and he's talking about us right here in verse 13 in Isaiah 54. All your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. In righteousness, you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith 
who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. It is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. No weapon forged against us will prevail. God himself is our teacher, as we read in verse 13. He will give us the words to refute every tongue that accuses us. But never forget, all of these promises are for us. This is our heritage. And why? Because of the suffering servant described in chapters 52 and 53. So what's next? Well, read Isaiah 52 to 55 for yourself. Go ahead and watch the Bible Project overview videos to ground your personal study time. Allow yourself to be taught by the Lord himself through his glorious word. Meditate on the characteristics of God that you discover in these passages. And then rest in the peace and hope he offers here. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page on Facebook or at Michelle Nizat on Instagram and Twitter. I'd love to talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen to Christian music for 30 days exclusively. And you're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-Day Challenge, and you're in. And then before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Lee Ben from Australia, Leanne from California, Pamela from Texas, Debbie from Texas, Martha from Ontario, Canada, Michelle from Pennsylvania, and Carol from Texas. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, uh, not only get the show notes like I talked about before, but you will get a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. I also um, include a weekly memory verse resource that you can display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop. You can print it out. All of that, everything, all of that is included is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com. You can listen through iTunes or the Apple podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using New Today by Micah Tyler to lead us to scripture. This was actually a request by my listener, Kelly, over there in that 30-day music challenge group. So if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 322. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.